welcome to the Lioness Layer, where we exude the perfect balance of femininity and strength. Join our pride each week as we discuss an array of issues impacting women of diverse backgrounds while maintaining our focus of empowerment and growth. In this layer, we encourage, uplift, support, teach, mentor, and build while having fun doing it. Kick off your shoes, pull up a seat, and grab what you like to drink because you are in for a real treat. Welcome to the Lioness Layer. All right, friends and family, welcome to our first debut episode. Welcome to the Lioness's Lair. I can feel your energy. I can feel you cheering. I can feel the excitement, but I'm not excited by myself. So I want to introduce um, my two sisters. We got Camille. Hey, sis. All right. And then we have my sister, Carrie. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing? Doing good. It's a good day. I'm excited that we're finally able to come on and give you guys what you've been waiting for. You guys have been so patient. And I just want to say thank you for that. But, you know, I'm ready to get in it. Ready definitely <laughs> to get in it. So definitely thank you for all of your patience. I know we have people out there showing love. Please remember to type in your comments. Do me a favor and tell me where you're from. Um, we want to know who we're in the building with. So we definitely are so, so excited to have you all. But let us know. I, we already see the love. Just let us know where you're from. Um, we're so excited. Um, and just, just to be here and to have you here with us. So let's get right to it. Um, we are excited to be here. Um, but in addition to that, we want to come and bring some real topics that are impacting us as women all throughout the nation. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to talk about heartbreak. Heartbreak. What is life like after heartbreak? And I'll tell you, uh, as me and my fellow members of the Pride, Camille and Carrie, were thinking about issues and things that we wanted to talk about, we realized the things that we really have in common. So I'm gonna go ahead and forewarn you, um, this episode and all future ones are gonna be real life events. We're gonna talk about personal experiences. Um, we're not gonna put nobody's name out there. I know I've had my heart broken. Anybody else have their heart broken? Hey, yep. okay. So we're not gonna call nobody out. Well. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about real things that are impacting us. So let's get right to it. Life after heartbreak is what we're gonna be talking about today. I'm gonna uh, pass it over to my sister Camille. But please, any questions, comments you have, post them. Um, and we will uh, we'll show those comments here. So Camille, tell us about life after heartbreak for you, sis. So first, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background, for, you know, about where I'm coming from. Um, we all have different life stories on here. And first, let me say hey to all my folks all over the U.S. I see you guys on here and thank you so much for your support. Um, I just had to get that out there. But for me, you know, life after heartbreak, I've lived through it. Uh, for those who have seen me before, again, I am not ashamed of my life experiences. I am thrice mar uh, married and thrice divorced. So I've been through a few heartbreaks. Um, I have two children. Uh, one is 24, one is 16. Well, she'd be 24 at the end of this month and one is 16. 
you know, we went through the abandonment with one of them. My oldest daughter's father abandoned her. My youngest father, unfortunately, um, my youngest daughter's father, unfortunately, passed away. Um, I've had some great folks to step in. So I've done the great co-parenting. So I have a really good co-parenting um, story on both sides, on two sides anyway. And then I also have that one that's no longer here. So I have a, a son, a bonus son. I don't call him my stepson. I love him. Uh, period. <laughs> That's the end of the story. Um, but there were some issues there. And that comes along with those relationships and those heartbreaks. So that's a little bit about me and kind of the angle that I'm coming from when I talk. I'm talking about my personal experience. I cannot tell everybody, you know, what to do, but I can tell you what I did to get through. So um, like I said, I am thrice divorced. So um, and then there was a gay engagement or two, I think, in there, <laughs> somewhere around there. Um, and heartbreak is hard. You give so much of yourself. You, um, you know, there's that compromise. There's some things that you have to let go. And in my case, um, especially the the longest one, last one, I really kind of lost myself, and it was very, very difficult. I did not get married, neither three times to get to get divorced. However, life happens, and um, you know, there are some things that you get to a point where you say, I, I, "There are some things I just cannot take." You know, it's apologies only that an apology um, unless there's some action behind it. And when there's no action, then you have to make a decision whether you want to continue to sacrifice what you value, what you know is right. Or if you take the leap of faith and say, you know, God, I know this ain't your will, but it got to be something better. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think you expect it from me just to suffer. And a lot of times we get ourselves into situations um, and we want him to fix it, you know, <laughs> say, well, I need you to fix this situation. This wasn't what I had in plan, you know, planned for you in the first place. So I just don't think that he he ever wanted me to suffer like that. So, again, hence why I'm thrice divorced, but I'm making better decisions about those who I, uh, you know, allow in my life these days. <laughs> so, you know, heartbreak is hard, but I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background before we really get into some of the topics about, you know, where I'm coming from, some of my experience in terms of this topic, uh, because there's so many things we can talk about. I know that I'm one that i am been divorced three times. I've been divorced for a few years now. You know, I have two children, two different men, and plus my bonus son. And um, so I have a, a, a little bit of experience there and with the co-parenting and step-parenting. Um, my sisters, we have all different, have different stories. You know, we have different um, circumstances concerning our marriage and our children. So I'm going to give it to Carrie and I'm going to just let her give you a little bit of her background. So as we talk, you know, you know, which lens we're talking through or, you know, kind of what our background is and how we have experience in these areas. So Carrie, give yes. us a little bit about you. Yes. Yes. So I am Carrie for those of you out there watching. Thank you so much for joining us. And so basically my background is I got married pretty young and uh, I was married for a few years and I've been divorced for quite many years. And through that process, I did not have children. I later found out that I could not have children. So here I am almost 40 and I'm just gonna be that fly auntie forever. That's just gonna be my role. And I am finally okay with that. Um, but there was absolutely some resentment that came from, from the whole story. And as you guys stick with us over the next few weeks and months and then years, you'll hear more about my journey and story. Um, so my experience is a little different. I, I, I also lost myself significantly in that relationship. Um, and I, I actually, I realized I didn't even know myself until I got divorced. 
Um, and it took a long time for me to realize that. Um, but since then I have not been um, brave enough to get remarried. I, I've, I've had some, you know, things along the way, potentials that I thought I was going to marry and stuff like that. But unfortunately, uh, my divorce has left me with commitment issues. So we'll hear, we'll hear a lot about that later. Um, I'm sure as we continue the conversation. Yep. All right. So, and a little bit about me, I would say I'm probably the newest on this journey. Um, I got married very young, uh, felt like I was doing everything by the checklist, I, I would say. Um, but we were married for a long time. And unfortunately, I feel like as well, I lost myself. I lost who I was and was no longer happy. And I was the one that decided that I wanted to end the marriage, the only marriage that I've had. And, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about is that difficulty when you have kids and you want to end a marriage and you wonder about the impact that it might have on other things that you build, other future things that you had uh, planned. And then all of a sudden it's time to let it go and why it's so difficult to let it go. So that's a little bit about me, but uh, as my sister Carrie said, you're gonna learn more about the uniqueness of each of us here. So Camille, what are some of your thoughts on life after heartbreak? What are some of the things you did to move on to that next chapter? Well, first, I'm going to say that life after heartbreak is hard, <laughs> you know, especially if you're um, in a relationship that you didn't anticipate not being in. You know, you spend a lot of years with somebody, like you said, you're building, you're building, you're building. You say, OK, I'm coming together. You know, I want this for our future. And then suddenly there's that break. It's like, OK, what do you do when you're, you know, knee deep in in this thing that you're building? You know, and so for in my case, it was. I should have left a long time ago, um, if I'm honest. Um, I, I knew it. I seen all the red flags. I went through so much, which you guys will, you know, hear a little bit more about my journey. But I should have walked away a long time ago. And I tried to become the person that I thought he wanted because all the stuff that was going on, it couldn't have been me. <laughs> you know, it couldn't have been me. And when you have other people that come in and, you know, into the relationship, you're like looking at them like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, and he's like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to be real here. You know, I don't have no booty. Does she have a big old booty or something? Like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I need. Maybe I need to go get a booty pop or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, you start trying to trying to become this person that you think that your mate wants. And then next thing you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, who am I? Who am I? You know, I had completely, it was like everything that I love doing I didn't do anymore. I would only do the things that, you know, I felt like he wanted to do because I wanted that time. And so when it was all over, um, all said and done, I had to go on this journey. And I remember the day that I asked him to leave. I was sitting on my couch, you know, <laughs> there was a there was a very uh, raw moment there, you know, where I'm chunking stuff down the, the, the stairs because I'm like, oh, this got to go. And then I'm like, wait, hold on, this is my house and I don't want to mess up my walls. So let me slide them down, <laughs> slide them down instead, <laughs> you know, instead. Um, but he came over and I said, God, please don't let me get off my hands because I don't want to take him back. I want everything about me to know that I'm closed off. And so I did, I sat there and he, he came and he, and I'm like, don't touch me. 
And I'm like, Lord, please don't let me give in. Please don't let me give in. Because, you know, there's that cycle that you go through. And so um, I remember when he left, I bawled and I bawled and I bawled. And um, then I said, okay, I asked God not to let me take him back this time. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do every hour because we had a routine. You know, you normally come and you cook and clean and there's some things that you do. But I realized that even in the next couple of hours, it was going to be different. What do I do with that time? I have no idea. And I just I just cried and I cried and I called my mom and, you know, my mom, she consoled me. And um, but then I decided to go on a journey to find myself. And um, so I'm just going to say that I, I went through uh, going to rediscover myself. I started rediscovering myself. So I was like, OK, I went, I went and did everything that we used to do together. And I eliminated one by one whether I liked it or not. And I was like, did I like this for me or did I like it because he liked it, you know, or did I just compromise or and everything that wasn't that I didn't organically like. I stopped doing it to make time for what I actually liked. I started getting to know myself and being comfortable my, by myself. So I would go out to eat by myself, force myself to sit there. I would go to the coffee shop, force myself to sit there, go to the movies. Hi, Larry, force myself to sit there, you know, and I would buy everything that I wanted or not. I go to festivals, concerts, games, and everything that I didn't do because I actually wanted to do, I stopped doing and I reclaimed my time. You know, Auntie Auntie Maxine, I, I'm reclaiming my time. And so I did that. And that's how I started the journey to get to know who I was. So, Carrie, I know that you had a little bit of a different, you know, <laughs> circumstance, you know, and I know that there's so much more to this. It's just no one size fits all. And it, it didn't all happen in five minutes, you know, that we're sitting mm -hmm. here. So what was that, you know, beginning the beginning stages of the journey? What did that look like for you? Well, let me back up a little before I get to the beginning <laughs> stages of the journey. All right. So there are very few people that may be watching that know this, but some of some people watching do know this and my family out there watching. So um, there was at one point I was stationed overseas in Japan and um, we went out to drink, went to this reggae bar. I'm Jamaican, by the way. So, you know, having a good time, we're vibing and everything like that. Walked across the street to another bar and Mike's husband, at, you know, my husband at the time um, sent me to the bar to get drinks for both of us. And I was coming back from the bar with the drinks in my hands and I handed it out to him. And he took my drink from me or his drink from me and he threw it in my face and ripped my shirt off in the middle of the club. And this guy said that we were friends with said, man, you can't do your wife like that. And his response was, it's my wife. I can do whatever I want. So I went home that night out of embarrassment, honestly. And um, I put the couch behind the door. And at that time we had Vonage. Y'all, if, if y'all been overseas, y'all remember Vonage. And I called my mom and I was crying and I was like, I got to leave him, I'm leaving. Now my family, my friends, a lot of people didn't know this was happening. Um, my girlfriend downstairs, Brittany, shout out Brittany. She, she knew we were kind of in a similar situation and you know we knew it was happening. Anyways, whatever, sent him back from Japan, but then we were still talking and still falling back in love and everything was great and whatever the case was, right? No problem. Um, we decided to work things out. He was back in the States and then I deployed and came home and found out he had a baby on the way, you know? So at that point I'm like, oh, we getting divorced, right? So we're getting divorced. 
Um, and one of my girlfriends told me, um, you have to fall in love with yourself. What I will tell you is I got divorced. I was stationed in California. I had just PCS there because I came home on an EFMP for my stepdaughter. I was living in a hotel at the Hold on, excuse me. For those who don't know that are watching, EFMP is oh. Exceptional Family Member Program. And it's That's when you have- military folks. Yes, when you have a, a, a family member when you're in the military who has um, a medical need or maybe some sort of you know disability or something like that, you can only go to certain places. So they bring you back and they station you where uh, they can be cared for. Go ahead, Carrie, yeah. sorry about that. So, no, you're good. Thanks for things, thanks for that. So anyways, I come home in California and what most people didn't know is that I couldn't even drive. I didn't even pump gas or take out the trash while I was married. So here I am with a brand new installation. I don't know how to drive. I had a car sitting outside, I didn't know what to do. And for about maybe a hundred days or so, I sat in a hotel room and I drank and I smoked every day after work. I was exceptional though at work. You know, I was exceptional. And no one knew what I was going through, what I was, whatever. And then I decided I was gonna do the right thing and start my healing process. So I was gonna go on, um, this journey for myself and I wasn't going to have sex. So I decided to take a vow of celibacy, which I did. And really and truly, I was counting down the days. It didn't matter because sex was irrelevant to me at that point. Um, so I thought after, you know, my six months or so after doing it, I was healed. Check the box. I did my vow of celibacy. I'm good now, right? I started dating again and realized I was not. So uh, that's just a little bit of, of how my journey started. And um, it took years, years for me and Mike's husband to get to where we are now. And I text him before this to say, hey, I'm about to get on a, uh, a video podcast and talk about you. You know, I usually do when I tell her story, I've, speak, I've spoken at, you know, different domestic violence conferences and stuff throughout the years, uh, whatever the case may be. But that's also, I like to say, my side of the story. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that later because that's just my side of the story as to why I did some of the things that I did. And I'm sure he has his own side as well. Yeah. So. That's definitely a, a good point, Carrie. And kind of to continue on in that way is, I know for me, um, I grew up in a very, very religious household. Um, you do not get a divorce. You work things out. I think that was why we were able to be together for as long as we were. It was over before I decided to end it. Absolutely. If I look back and reflect but it's like have i done everything possible especially when you have children in the mix you want to make sure that you can say that you did everything that you needed to do to say when i close this chapter i can look myself in the mirror and understand why i close this chapter and so for me i felt as though every time we moved from one location to the next the honeymoon phase started all over again, and I can make it work. It's like you buy a new house, you get a dog, you get a new uh, blender, you get a new toaster, you buy a new house, what a new car, and it's like we're fresh all over again. But those same traumas that were in the last state we were carried on to the next. No pun intended to my sister Carrie. So I realized, uh, I'll tell you, um, for me, overcoming heartbreak, one of the hardest things was telling my family and letting them know that this is the end. And I don't know if I'm gonna have everybody's support, but if I leave this relationship with myself intact, it's worth the sacrifice. 
as long as I'm able to lead with the little bits and pieces that are left of who Crystal is, speak a third person, um, to leave with those little bits and pieces. Because sometimes, you know, we always hear, you know, life is short, but sometimes you have to ask yourself, no matter friends, family, whoever is saying, you know what, keep on, keep on, just, just, just stick it out. But at the end of the day, you want to be the best that you can be and you want to be the happiest version of you for your children. So if you're in a relationship where you're not happy, this is me speaking. If you're in a relationship where you are not happy, you're not being the best version for yourself at work or anything else. And I'll tell you, um, since we have not been together anymore, we have been pretty much good co-parents. And that's when you realize that you made the right choice when your blessings start flowing, when you let go of people, whether it's relationships or friendships, you know you made the right decision. I believe that was a sign that I made the right call. It was the hardest call I had to make, but looking back, even though there's still, I believe there's phases, I'm not through all the phases yet. <laughs> um, I feel very happy with the choice that I have made. And anybody that I lost because of that, Bye. I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> but Crystal, I, I want to say something. You said something that was really, really powerful. And you were talking about, um, you know, if you're not happy, then, you know, nobody is really happy. You know, they always say happy life, wife, happy life, or, you know, if mama ain't happy, then whatever, whatever the sayings are. I don't know. I, I was miserable. But, and there was some, no, some really, really good times. But my daughter, when you're talking about that, my daughter had to release me emotionally from that feeling of failure, from that everything. I'll never forget. I was going through and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, I feel like a failure again. Not only that, but you know, my children are affected. You know, this is the only father that they really, really know like that. And here I am tearing, especially my oldest daughter, cause you know, she'd been through all three marriages with me, you know, and, and dating in between. And so um, I, I'll never forget, we were riding down Lake Joy here. And um, she, she said, mom, I said, what? She goes, it's okay for you to get divorced. And I was like, she says, mom, you deserve to be happy. She said, we'll be okay. We know you love us and you'll be okay. She said, but you have to be happy. And that like something in me just broke. Like I was like, eh. you know, it still makes me emotional because I'm like, my daughter <laughs> saw the pain that I was going through. And my daughter said that it was important enough even for her, even though that's the only dad, dad she has. And fortunately, he's still around. That she said, mom, you cannot be happy. You cannot make anybody else happy until you're happy. And it's okay for you to walk away if that means you'll be happy. And that was so important for me. I'm glad to have that relationship uh, with my kids that they can do that. But that right there was a turning point for me that I said, you know what? I don't really care what nobody else says. If my kids get it, because they're here with me, they're going through these things with us, right, Crystal? <laughs> they're here. They feel that energy. They feel that. Um, and so I, I became a much happier person. Um, but I had that, that she released me from that fear of failing them again. So that was like, that. when you said that, it just took me back to that moment. And I can tell you exactly where I was when that happened. And um, I'm glad she did that because I may have still tried to hold on for longer than I should have.
<laughs> you know, and I want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening and commenting. Yes. Uh, Caleb Rose said, my ex even called me and thanked me mm -hmm. for our divorce. We get along, we co-parent, we respect each other. We just weren't meant for each other. Right on, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah. thanks, thanks, and said, thank, thank you. Thank you for letting, for letting me go. Um, Carrie, what you got, ma'am? I don't know, man. It, <laughs> it's it's been such a journey, um, and 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 I will say one of the hardest things for me um, is the fact that I didn't have kids, and um, as a woman, just finding out that you can't have children um, that already makes you feel like a failure. And then one of the two women that were pregnant at the same time called me and told me. Well, one of the reasons that my husband isn't there anymore is because I couldn't have kids. And that mm. that killed me. That killed me because I want to get on a plane and snatch her up. Um, oh, yeah. And for a long time, it bothered me. And I felt like a failure for a lot of reasons. I felt like a failure because I felt like marriage was some form of a, um, a trophy to a certain extent. That's what I'm supposed to do. You know, haven't always made the right decisions, but I'm cleaning my life up and I got a good job. My credit is get, getting better. I'm getting my education back on track and I got married. Cool, I'm good now, right? Jesus let me to heaven, right? I got my pass. So I thought I was good. And then to find out you couldn't have children and, um, you know, that just added another feeling of failure. And so I went on a self-destructive path for a very long time, many, many years actually, um, but it is with a, a support system, your family, your friends. Um, yeah, I, I do agree, you're supposed to be happy. At one point I thought I was happy in the middle of the chaos. I was happy with the idea of the marriage. But you know, truth be told, Mike's husband and I both didn't have the life experience, the uh, experience of other people around us, positive examples for us to see that we could have looked up to. We didn't know who was doing, we was trying to get married. Just get this ring, <laughs> you know, and it was a nice ring too. You know, we're gonna get these rings, okay? We're gonna move in together, we're gonna play house. And then, you know, oh girl, listen, I couldn't even use my left hand. I was running around town like, hey y'all, <laughs> you know? And it was great, it was beautiful. We did everything together. We went to club together, we went to church together. We did everything together. We dressed alike, we were young. And if I look back at it now, I think we both wanted, um, we both wanted something to work, but we didn't have the tools required at the time yes. to really make it work. And so I can sit here now, you know, a decade later and tell you that I was a part of the problem as well. But it took years for me to A, admit that and, um, and forgive myself for that as well. And it was important for me to learn that if I ever want to be in another relationship again, but that was a hard thing to admit to myself and be like, ooh, yeah, you did that. Yeah, you know. So I, I have to ask y'all a very petty question. Y'all know, y'all know how I am. What did y'all do? And this is for people in the comments as well. What did y'all do with the rings after your divorce? For those oh, that were sorry. married and got a ring, Listen. what did y'all do with them rings? <laughs> so, Camille has Camille. You go because you got a couple. Um, <laughs> well, so truth be told, my first husband, I think I gave my mom that ring. She probably lost it, but my mom was like, what you going to do with it? You know, <laughs> whatever. She's a single woman, been single for a long time. Um, and then my second husband, I actually had two rings. So I had one, the, 
initial diamond had fell out. So instead of just getting it, you know, put back in the, the thing, he bought another one. And I gave it to one of my good friends. Um, I just, she had never had a ring. And I just said, you know what? You want a diamond? Here it is. <laughs> that's that's the honest to goodness truth. Um, my third husband, I, you know, there was some some issues there. I ended up breaking my hand. Not, not the one I just had surgery on, but the other one. So I have scars on both. I'm matching scars. Um, and my hand swole up and they had to cut off my first ring. And so I lost it. They put in a little baggie for me, put it in a purse. I mean, in this little purse or whatever. I have no clue what happened to that ring. The second one um, is in my, uh, it's, you know, I have the little ring things or whatever. And so that's what happened to all of my seven rings, I think, or something like that. Seven rings I had. So I'm not mad at you, sis. I'm well, not mad at you. I'm mad at myself because I was like, I could have pawned them and got some money for them. You, you know what I'm saying? But I could have got, look, it's, it's more than what I got, Carrie. <laughs> oh, we have somebody that said Seth said he pawned it and got some fat burgers. Um, Seth, shout out, shout out to Seth and our brothers at the Lions Den. Shout yes. out to the Lions yeah. Pride Network. Um, how expensive was them burgers, Seth? <laughs> or how cheap was that ring? <laughs> So for my ring, uh, man, listen, I took it to one of those. Uh, we buy gold places. And when the, the price they decide to give me for it, I was so offended. I was like, are you? No, because that ring, you know, represents so the value of that was so much more to me than what they were going to offer me. Not just the price tag, but my life was in this in this ring. So that ring is still in a safe place in one of my family members. I ain't going to tell y'all who because it's 3.5 carats. Y'all might knock on their door. So it's in a, one of my family members home uh, in a safe place. Um, and I and I plan to keep that. Uh, for a long time to come. And if I ever get married or engaged again, I actually have two rings. We'll talk about that some of the time. But if I ever get married, engaged again, I mean, I got 10 fingers. So, I mean, I still have room. I That's just how I look at it. I threw the rings out with the husband, baby. They wasn't worth nothing to me. Okay. Anything you know attached, what? Done. You know what? I'm asking because my good sister Mika, Tamika's on the line and we got some plans and trips to take. So we are looking. I'm asking for advice. I've seen everything from people burying them to keeping them to tossing them to wearing them. Um, or give them a carry. Give them the <laughs> give them the carry. So throwing away diamonds and all. You know, and, you know and, throw and, him away. But the diamonds, I'll save the diamonds. You know what and, I mean? And you know, like when it when it when it comes to heartbreaking the things that we go through, it's like when we throw that ring out, sell it, bury it. It's Oh, I'll ask my sisters, did you guys have any problems accepting that it was over? Like, even once you moved out, you moved on, um, phone calls taken, seeing them with other people. How did that impact you? Carrie, you, know? you want to go first? Go ahead. I can because mine's going to be short and sweet. So I uh, we're from the same hometown, you know, and so the beauty of, 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 the, of me being on active duty is that when it all happened, I did not go home. That's it. My friends would call with the petty. I saw your husband. You know he ain't my husband no more, right? And again, like I said, he had two girls that were pregnant and I could not bear to go home and walk down these same streets and see him with these women, the cars that we used to drive in with these other women or whatever. So I just didn't go home and I stayed away from home and I lost a connection with a lot of friends and everything. Um, I like that. I give his name back too. I ain't never got mm -hmm. it. So. 
you can have that. But <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, so I, I did that. I, I, I was the queen of avoidance in that way. So it was, it was pretty easy for me to, to do that since we don't share any, you know, property or children or anything like that together. I mean, it was still hard to let go because it's still a marriage, but it was easier for me than I'm assuming it would be for y'all with children and, and even a pet, you'll be surprised, but a pet and everything involved, you know? Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people going to court over pets. <laughs> oh, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> I will take you to court over my dog. I surely will. And I, 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 they, they become a companion for you. So I can understand in a divorce who gets the dog. I mean, naturally it would be me, but you know, I can see that being a, a question. Yes. Yeah. How, how about you, Camille? Uh, that it was over. It, it was hard, especially my, well, I'll say my first husband. It was very, very hard for me to accept that it was over. You know, I was very young as well. Um, going to these marriages, not really understanding what it takes and all this kind of stuff. Um, I had this little baby, you know, and I wanted to do whatever it took to make that marriage work. And he just didn't want me. <laughs> he told me, you know, that basically, you know, the thing about me is I'll always be the same. And he likes a variety of women, you know? And so um, I had to take that. And, um, but I tried for a long time. We went through a three year separation, tried to get back together within three weeks of him moving back into my house with my daughter. Um, I found out he was cheating again. I had went home to San Antonio with my mom and I could not stay still. And I, my mom said, baby, go home and do what you got to do. Leave the baby here, go home and handle your business. Even my mother knew from eight hours away, eight hour drive away. And when I drove home, um, I found out that he was cheating again with the, the same girl. And so um, we went through this all over again because I had just allowed myself to be vulnerable again um, in that marriage. And finally, I had to say, you know what? Enough is enough. So it was very, very hard to walk away. Um, my second marriage, I don't count, but my third marriage, um, <laughs> I know, just skip right over that. It lasted about 18 months on paper. Um, it was a very, it, it was just, it was bad. Um, but my third marriage, um, people didn't even know that we were divorced until about two, three years after we got divorced. I kept my name. Um, I didn't go around telling anybody. I remember when I went to go get my divorce, came from court, my chief was like, where were you all day? And I was like, uh, today is my divorce or, divorce or whatever I called it. And he was like, huh? I didn't even know you're married. And I was like, um, you have my my rip. You should know that I'm married, but I just came back from court. He was like, oh, that's so devastating. And I'm like, y'all missed the whole process over the last couple of years when I was going through it. Nobody asked me how I was feeling. I'm good today. I feel relieved, you know? So he made me, <laughs> made me go home. But a lot of people didn't know. His family, my family, yeah. I didn't post it on Facebook. I didn't make a whoop-de-doo, I'm divorced now or nothing like that. I just kept on going about my business. And then as people were like, hey, wait a minute, you said something on, on Facebook or something. Are you divorced? You know? And I'm like, yeah, I've been divorced for two, three, four, five years. And they're like, I never knew. And I'm like, well, <laughs> surprise, you know? So um, it was hard though. It was hard in our families probably. We're still very intertwined. He's a very much a part of my family. Um, he takes care of my children still. He did not abandon them, even though they're not biologically his. Uh, we have a very good relationship now that we're divorced. Uh, we should not have been married, but I'm glad that we were because my kids needed him, you know, very much so. So um, it was difficult. It was difficult just being able to say, I think I couldn't say that I was divorced again because of that failure. So I just didn't put it out there. I was like, whoever finds out, will find out. 
And then if I choose to explain it, then I will. If not, then oh well, they're not that important to me, but it was difficult. It was difficult. All right. Thank yeah. you so much, sis. And there was a question out there um, from Tiana Crook. Let's hear about the healing process for one of you queens. Thank you, queen. What did you do to recover? And what did you do to start back over? So um, I would say healing. I would say the biggest mistake that I made during this healing process was um, thinking that I was healed pretty quick. Um, you think, oh, I'm good. You know, um, individuals are interested in me. I got my snapback. Like, I'm healed. I'm good. You know, I'm fly. Like, I'm, I'm good to go. And then you think that you're healed until something shows you that you still have open wounds. So what I am doing to heal, because I'll say I'm not completely healed even right now, is that I take solace in the solitude. I um, am very protective with my energy. I only give my energy to individuals who are um, worth that energy. And the minute I feel like someone's bringing some negative energy, or as Camille talked about earlier, those red flags, I immediately am okay with distancing myself from them. That's friends, that's family, that's anybody. I protect my energy. And if that means that it's just me and my two beautiful kids and my four-legged dog, and we're good to go, then we're good to go. I don't feel like I owe anybody attention. I don't feel like I owe anybody anything. I owe things to my Lord. I owe things to my kids and I owe things to myself. And so how I'm healing is separation. That's separating myself from people that have negative, negative things to say and surrounding myself with individuals that have positive energies. How about you ladies? So I'll go next. So I've been divorced for 10 years, I think. I don't know. I should feel like I should have a celebration or something. But anyways, um, I don't know if you ever completely heal um, because the trauma is still real and you live with it and carry it around every day. Now, my husband, Mike's husband and I are great friends. People always be like, y'all get back together. No, no. No, you're not. You heard it here. We're not. But what I'm saying is it's, you know, I saw a question earlier that said, you know, what are some of the things you did to get over the hump? It looks different every day, you know, and that's okay. And I feel like it's important to allow yourself the grace to do that. Some days you're going to cry. I was crying two years later, you know, even though I decided I was going to get divorced and I knew I didn't want him, but I was still crying two years later. So it's okay to do that. It's okay to um, go out and party. It's okay, it's okay to start to change some things about yourself or try to learn more about yourself. It's really a process. And what it looks like for me or Crystal or Camille is gonna look different for you. The only thing I can suggest is that you don't stop trying. Yes. You surround yourself with people who have your best interests at heart. I have some dope friends that I don't even deserve that were able to pull on me and say, mm -mm, you've been quiet a little bit too long. Mm -mm, you've been, and I'm an introvert at heart, but they'd be like, oh, you've been, you've been shut down a little bit too long. What's going on? I have a friend right now, my friend in Hawaii, shout out to Tia, wherever you are. If I, if that girl don't hear from me in five days, I know it's a problem, right? She's gonna, and you need people like that when you're on this journey of healing, 
one to hold you accountable to heal and and also to to remind you of who you are because sometimes that gets lost in the process too along the way so surround yourself with people you can trust and you can open up to you can be vulnerable with and um and show yourself the grace uh, in the process understanding that there is no timeline it doesn't happen overnight and if you take longer than you expected that's or your friends did or your mama did or whoever that is completely okay it just has to work for you that's it Absolutely. How about you, Camille? I don't. I, I think that both of you guys hit it on the nail. You never know if you're healed from something until you're put in a situation and something triggers you. Uh, your response to that is what tells you whether you're healed or not. Um, you know, when I can see my ex-husband walking down the street or, you know, with another woman and not feel any type of way, you know, I knew I was healed. When we can go over there and we can have conversations, I can sit and have tea, you know what I mean? And we can just chop it up and I don't feel any type of way. I knew it. But I will say during that journey, um, because like I told you guys, I didn't tell a lot of people. So, you know, the, the supportive friends, I was still going through that. Um, this is a three time failure for me. So it was very hard for me to to open up and tell people exactly what I was really going through. And so. My mother was my rock. My sister was my rock. And, um, you know, they helped me through it. And I remember um, going through the process. And like they both said, it's a process. But I remember going through and I'm like, OK, I'm going to go here by myself because I told you I had to do those things that we did together, which mentally puts me in a space where we should be together. Right. And I'm sitting here by myself. You know, and what do I do with that? What do I do with me? And I remember in the beginning, I would First, I mean, like there was times when I would just like I'm there and then I was just like, oh, my God. And I would just have a complete meltdown and I would have to leave. But like she said, you don't stop trying. So I kept putting myself in those situations. And I'm like, no, because I say it all the time. You know, the relationship you have with you is the longest relationship you'll have in your entire life. So you better get, you know, to knowing yourself, liking yourself and then loving yourself. And I realized that and that if I didn't love me, then I couldn't create a space for anybody else to love me either. I had to figure out who I was, what made me tick. But I had to give myself grace, too, because it took it was a process. It took a long time. And I made the mistake, too, of trying to date too early. You know, some people adopt the, you know, you get over one or you um, you. Uh, what does it say to get a way one. to get over one is to get <laughs> under one. There you go. Or, you know, the next one or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. and um, I wasn't necessarily under one, but I, I just was like, OK, I'm going to get out here. And emotions were too raw. It, it was just I wasn't ready. Um, and sometimes when we do that, you know, you can hurt somebody else, too. And so I was like, OK, I need a little bit of time. I got to breathe. But it was it was a long process. and I cried a lot and I had to to like Carrie said, be honest with myself too about who I was, you know, and what part I played, uh, what I could have done differently, not necessarily blaming myself because I'm blaming nobody else for going out there and do what you do, you know, but were there things I could have handled differently? Could I have spoken to him better? Could I have, you know what I mean? Created mm -hmm. that space. And at the end of the day, if the answer is yes or no, you've done all you can, it's over, it's over. Where do you go from here? And so I just had to give my great, myself grace to feel that and go through those humps. And even now in dating, you know, there are certain things that trigger me. It's not that I want to be back with my ex, but that part of me hadn't been triggered. Mm -hmm. And so that part of me, even though I'm healed from that relationship, that part of me still hadn't healed. 
And so I have to go through that from time to time and be like, who, why did I get so triggered with that? What was it about his tone? What was it about, you know, whatever? And I have to talk about that. So it is a process. And depending on what you go through, um, it looks like Carrie said, it looks different. You know, I just told my ex-husband because I couldn't have any more kids after that, you know, that I said, don't you have no more kids? Because I'm pissed off. Now, <laughs> you made the decision. You didn't want no kids. If I done did all this for you, you better not have no kids. Now I don't care. But so, you know. definitely, definitely. what do you guys think about this? You know, my, my deacon is in church. She always says, um, you can't heal what you hide. Yes. And a lot of times we hide the truth from ourselves. Yes. I ain't talking about what he did. I'm talking about what you did. No, you definitely. Get better until you are open about all of it. All right, definitely. And one of uh, my great mentors, hey Jen, Jennifer Booster Bruner, she says, I know, I know, I love her. I have had a lot of nights and days, don't put it out there, Jen, of crying on her shoulder. Um, so thank you, Jen. She said, You can't put yourself back out there after a divorce until you know understand and appreciate your own self-worth she's probably told me that a lot <laughs> but i'm saying um i think that um and everybody gets married at different times i got married young and i had to realize that the 21 year old crystal that got married does not want the same things mm -mm. you know i was like that's back you know for you know cash money in 2009 and the 99 like i was like you tall you play sports you got two and three goals no i'm joking you got <laughs> you got a grill no like you're like you're popping this like my standards when i look at it i'm like mm, that's not quite what i'm looking for at this particular time and so i had to take that step back i mean i don't know for for me my ex he got into a relationship pretty quick. And I remember thinking I was like going a little bit slower than I need, needed to. But then I realized that there was a lot of healing in the waiting. And I like what Carrie said, you know, the deacon said, you can't heal what you hide. So there's things that are hidden in me that yeah. are gonna take time in the wilderness. You know, <laughs> I don't want a rough neck set. <laughs> That was my you know, what I wanted <laughs> was I wanted someone that was tough and played basketball. But um, I realized that there's a lot of things that, you know, I experienced that I really don't even know what I want. And it's okay to be alone. I know they talk about, um, you know, bounce back relationships, but I wanted something that was going to be um, healthy for me. And if that means, honestly, I've accepted the fact that could mean I'm not going to get in another relationship and I'm or another marriage. And I'm okay with that. I've accepted that could be my reality and I'm okay with that, you know? Um, so I, I think this has all been definitely great discussion. Uh, once again, shout out to the, um, the pride network, um, shout out to the lion's den. And I know Camille, we talked about that the uh, the Pride Network is giving back to the community. So we're gonna take a quick break um, and I'm gonna pass it over to Camille and she's gonna talk about some ways that you can give back to the community um, as well. 
Camille? Yes. Hey, hey. So um, there in St. Louis, they have what they call the village. And um, there are some mentors that take some young folks, you know, young boys, and they give them some life skills. They let them know that somebody cares about them, loves them, um, is there for them, will give them the tools to be successful in their lives, to keep them out of the street, you know, bring them in and, and help them to become productive, you know, people and be the best versions of themselves as they grow up. So it's called The Village. I'm going to um, see if I can share this really quickly. Um, uh, I don't think I can, but maybe I can. I don't know. Well, anyway, um, so The Village, there is a cash app on there. And I'm going to put it in the comments. If you guys would, right now they're doing a donation drive and it is to get some board games. Right now we're in the middle of COVID. You know, people are still in different areas having to lock down and things like that. But it really is connecting those folks back, you know, to their families and stuff. Give them something to do, something to talk about. So if you guys would, I will put the um, cash app. Let me see if I can just share it really, really quickly. Um, it's on the bottom of the screen. Yes, yeah, I, I see it. But I'm just seeing if this one will come up. For me, and I'm not sure it will. Um, yeah, here it is. Boom. So, can you guys see that? Nope, you can't see it. So, it doesn't want to show. Anyway, I will put the Cash App in there. So, if you guys would, um, any amount will help. But we're really just trying to give these folks some things to do to keep them busy and to, to grow together while we're locked down in COVID and at home with their families. So if you will, please donate to the village. They're doing some great things. Seth, you guys know he's the host, co-host on a Sanity Check with me. He also does a Lion's Den and he's the, the I guess, the product. Uh, Producer of the uh, thank you, <laughs> producer of the Lions Pride Network, which we're a part of, the Linus Lair. Um, he is very much working in the community to make our communities a better place to live. So uh, please donate. Again, I'm going to put it in the um, in the comments. So if you guys would send a cash app, I'll send the oh, it's cash app. I mean the dollar sign Lions Cast, and in the uh, four put the village, and he'll make sure that it gets there. So dollar sign Lions cast cool awesome. definitely thank you so much and i know we're 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 uh getting towards the end um of our show this episode um but just like dr joy said stay tuned for the next episode but we won't be as long as he was with the album he never dropped so um i will ask my beautiful sisters and thank you guys um just for sharing i know we definitely you know shared some things um, I see in the comments, a lot of people are very, uh, very thankful for us sharing our experiences and being transparent. So I'm going to ask you, beautiful ladies, um, did you ever wonder if you would find love again after heartbreak or were you concerned about it? I'm going to let whoever takes it, take it. Oh. <laughs> um. Let me mute real quick. I'm pretty dope, so no. <laughs> I never. <laughs> no, no, seriously, though. I just said that I, I didn't think, like Crystal, I said I, I didn't think I would get married again. You know, I'm, you know, 43 and I've been married and divorced three times. So I was like, you know, that's the, that's the cutoff right there. I, I just don't want to be another, you know, Liza Minnelli or whoever. So, um, but my mother, I think she talked me through it. She's like, you're too young, you know, to be alone. And then I also said, you know, I, I I just want it to be the right person. You know, I don't want to continue to go through these ups and downs or whatever. Um, but I just want it to be the right person. So I had to say, okay, God, don't close me off from ever getting married again. 
but don't let me waste my life either. You know the desires of my heart. Please send me someone who I need. And then again, don't let those past traumas um, let me sabotage my new relationships because they used to call me a saboteur too. Because, you know, I had somebody good and I'm like, uh, uh, you know, and I just, that those old things that didn't heal would come to, to the forefront and I would sabotage a good thing. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I am open. Um, I'm not saying that I'm just rushing into marriage, uh, but I am open to love because I believe that, um, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here for relationships. So Krista, don't shut it off. Okay. Don't, don't count yourself out. You ain't got to rush. Don't be, don't be a me, but don't, don't block your blessings because I know that there is something in having someone there to support you. Um, you know, you're, you're healthier. It, there's a lot of physical and psychological effects to, to having a life partner. Um, and I don't want to miss out on those benefits, but I ain't in a rush. <laughs> so in the words of the great Megan Stallion, I'm a savage. <laughs> Speaking of that, Carrie, over to you. <laughs> so I am like what I like to call a track star. I, I teach classes in self-sabotage. So uh, I have commitment issues from past relationships. But I love the idea of love. Um, and and I, I'm always looking. My my problem is that I've become so uh, so just in love with getting to know myself. I just don't know if I'll get married again, you know, because I always every person I date, even the ones, you know, ended badly or whatever. Um, I've learned so much about myself and that learning journey is something that's so important to me. I'm like, okay, it didn't work out with you, but I know this about myself now. And like you said, Camille, it's something very important. For a long time, I thought I had to be quiet and, and or, or stop dating. You know how you stay at home, be like, I'm working on myself. I love what I think. I'm working on myself by myself. You really don't know what um, you've worked on or what you've healed from until you start dating and someone triggers that. And so I continue to put myself out there um, and when I find some really good men and I have, there are really good men out here, I will say that. So um, when you find some really good men, sometimes I do sabotage and I start to look for like little nitpick things or whatever. So just bear with me. It's a process, y'all. It's, it's a healing journey. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty dope though. So yes, I mean, you are. You are I'm pretty dope. Definitely, you are definitely pretty dope. So I'll, I, will, I will be the, a little bit of the outlier. I, um, you know, whatever the future holds, but I have no desire to be in another be in another marriage it was just i sometimes i feel like and this is just me maybe things will change with the years but i say i don't know if i could overcome another experience like that so i'm gonna stay in the wilderness for now <laughs> i'm gonna stay in the wilderness and if something happens but if something happens that man would have to be Meant he would have to be crafted by the hands of God. <laughs> Sit to me. <laughs> Sit to me on a platter. Um, but I do like the idea. I don't think there's anything wrong with reaching out for another relationship or to look at um, you know, trying to. I just don't I don't want to hurt anybody as I'm going through this healing process. But I, I definitely appreciate all of you um, so much. Such good insights, such good information. Um, so we'll just, I, I, sis, 
we, my sisters, we, we did it. Like, first, <laughs> first episode, Life After Heartbreak. Um, we see so many great things in the comments. Um, I want to ask the audience a quick question. Um, for those that have been in a long-term relationship or a marriage, did any of you say that you did not want to get in another relationship and then found yourself in another relationship and it worked? <laughs> so go ahead and comment. And uh, as I see them, I'll, I'll, I'll post them um, and everything else. So can I give another shout out though? You sure can. Before we go, I just want to say again, thank you guys for being so kind and gracious and joining us on this journey. Again, you guys have been extremely patient with us. We had, you know, all this going on, my father's schools, PCSs, which is permanent change of station. We're moving from one state to another duty station. We had so much going on, so we had to push it back, but you guys stuck with us. You stuck mm -hmm. with us in the comments and I want to say thank you. But I also want to say this is not all you guys will be seeing from us. Okay. So this Sunday, before we get out of here, this Sunday, we have a battle of the beast. You guys may have seen the lion's den with Seth. Um, you may have, he's my co-host on sanity check, but he has a den of his own. We have the lair. So we're doing the battle of the beast. And so we're going to be talking about some relationship things. So you guys, please, please, please come out, show your support for that. You know, we have a lot of fun, but this is real life. We all go through some things. You know, we want to share our experiences. We want to hear what the other sex has to say, because oftentimes, you know, our communication is very muddled. <laughs> you know, what we say isn't often what we mean or what they hear or whatever the case is. So we're going to be talking about some great issues on this Battle of the Beast. So y'all join us, look for the flyers. It will be shown on the Lion's Den. Um, there's a page there. You can also go and like it. And I would love to see every single one of you guys. And the last shout out, Jen Bonstra, girl. <laughs> she is the one that told me about my second ex-husband. <laughs> she is. She, <laughs> she said, is girl, amazing. She, is she said, amazing. girl, I didn't know who you was coming over here. And I'm over here, you know, getting introduced. Oh, you remember I told you about my wife? She was like, we didn't know who you were. We thought she was the other girl. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I played it off good, but no. But Jen, uh, great to see you on here. I'm so happy that you joined us today. And thank you. You know, over the years, I just want to say thank you. It's been a long time since we connected, but thank you for your words as well. So back to um, you, Crystal. All right. Um, as we wrap up, Carrie, do you have anything, ma'am, that you want to say? There's a last, my closing words are this. Just remember that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. And, you know, we're adults, but the golden rule still applies. So do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And, you know, just enjoy the process. That's it for me. All right. So for me, closing words, I want to say thank you all so much um, to echo the sentiments of my sisters here. We appreciate your patience. Um, mm -hmm. A huge secondary shout out to um, the Lion's Den. My brothers are out there showing support. Um, Seth. Herm, Will, Larry, like, and I'm gonna tell you, you want to be at that battle of the beast. Oh yeah, we're gonna win. I told you, everybody <laughs> wants to give Herm oh, a couple of chairs <laughs> to sit down in. So you get the chairs ready, Herm, because you're gonna have several seats. So you several. definitely do not want to miss this. We are so thankful for all of you and we're thankful for um, the Lions Pride Network. Please check it out. Please, on the bottom of the screen, you see where you can find us on Facebook, like us, share. Um, this is not 
the last episode. We're going to be coming to you every Thursday. We are so excited. Please look for those invites. We appreciate you. And that's our time. Welcome to the Pride. Hello.